Listening to the Theronathon. We are taking a film by film journey through the career of Charlize Theron. My name is Robin Hitchcock, and with me, as always, is Bob Shields. Hello. And Regina Connolly. Hi. So, today we are talking about because we finished everything. We've seen every movie that Charlize is in, but she was in a new one in December and she got her third Oscar nomination for it. We are here to talk about Bombshell. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) In which she plays. Fox News, or former Fox News correspondent, Megyn Kelly. Correct. Yeah. One sound reviews? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Wait, what does that represent? <laughs> I'm uh, breaking news sounds. Uh, <laughs> okay. but, Big finish! But also I felt like the beginning of it was so engaging and so fast. Of like, here are some things, an interesting uh, scenic way of telling you them. And then the ending was kind of like, yeah, that's that's how it ended. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's also what I was trying to express through through my sound journey. Our one sound reviews are many sounds. We're full of shit. Yes. Hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe wordless review is a better, ac- or yeah, more think, accurate. Yeah. Hey, no I mean, going back to change it now. It's yeah. canon. <laughs> Beatbox review. Yeah. Oh, God, no. So yeah. I'll try to do the plot recap. Okay. So it is Charlize Theron as Megyn Kelly working at Fox News like during uh, the 2016 campaign season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it includes uh, like some real footage, but it's mostly just her performance as Megyn Kelly. They do include like news footage of like things that happened at that time. Nicole Kidman plays Gretchen Carlson and Margot Robbie plays I've heard like a composite character yeah. of other women. Uh, it's basically like the story of how like Roger Ailes got brought down by sexual harassment claims. I feel like that's a good plot yeah. summary. I mean yeah. the plot summary is this happened so like go look up the news. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like I will say like I felt like the, the weight of the plotting was a little confusing in terms of I feel like they spent a lot of time being like she had this dust up with trump that was like important but not really important to the sexual harassment claim and then just kind of like disappeared from the story and and that to me was confusing and by the end of the movie i was almost like it seems like the story that i wanted to hear was gretchen carlson's story like and that may just be that like i thought nicole kidman did a great performance in like the small bits that she had but then you basically find out that she in her settlement signed like a very strict nda so i was like oh it makes sense that there would be no more information about her side of things. But I was like, she came across like the actual yeah. agent That fourth of- wall break, man. Oh, yeah. oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a thing that I wanted to like just dive right into is at the beginning, which I thought was like so engaging and interesting was like Charlize was walking around talking to the camera and being like, this is how the building works. On this floor are these people. This is where the power lies. This is blah, blah, blah. And it had like elements of like a news story, but it was like moving things along very quickly. It was giving you a lot of like necessary information. It felt a little like The Big Short, which is a movie I did not particularly like. I did not yeah. watch but it. But it 
kind of took the good parts of the big short and applied them to this story. Yeah, I was it's just... a little bit like ex- Mean Girls explaining the cafeteria as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> And I thought that was really interesting, both, like, because they are newscasters, so, like, breaking down the story, and also, uh... I feel like in sexual harassment claims, like, you hear a lot of, like, the end result or, like, a specific action, but, like, this was, like, building the world in which those actions could take place. Right. But then, like, ten minutes in, they're just like, and now we're just a normal movie. And then they had, like, some elements of, like, fourth wall break or this or that at the end. But I would have loved to see more of that throughout. I agree. Uh, And, like, I don't know... Uh, I just like the, like, pausing and sort of being like, these are all the moving parts and this is what's happening. Right. Behind the scenes. I thought that was cool. So, I, full disclosure, we're recording this in mid-February. I watched it in late December, last decade. <laughs> so, I, you're, I'm kind of like, what happened in the movie? You've also <laughs> seen, like, 80 movies. Yeah, <laughs> now. Right, I, that is true. But I do remember that when I was watching it, I texted Regina and Bob, like, before they even showed Charlize Theron's face, I was like, she deserves the Oscar nomination. <laughs> and because, her, like, we've talked before about how Charlize can't do accents and mm-hmm. can't do voices. Oh, but yeah. she sounds exactly like Megyn Kelly. Is that what she talks like? Yes. Yes. Okay. That she, it's very unsettling. Okay. And on Fresh Air, she yeah. told Terry Gross. They, Terry Gross played a clip of Megyn Kelly talking and then played Charlize Theron saying the same words in the film. Yeah. And it was like, ah! <laughs> uh, but she told Terry Gross that she gave herself notes doing it, lowering her register like that. Yeah, she uh, like damaged okay, her. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I heard on another podcast, they were sort of like, oh, it was a very like wooden performance, like that some people were very like critical of it. And I was like, but I feel like that's true to the character that she's yeah. making and they were just sort of like oh this was just sort of like a simulacra like not like a real acting thing and i was like i don't agree with that so i am one of those people i think i've said that in the past of like i don't really like these like imitation performances but mm. this imitation performance blew me away and maybe it's just my charlie's bias i don't know yeah i also think like uh this was another thing that i heard where it's like i feel like there are two different types of those types of performances where like you recreate a person versus like you evoke the person versus like you create your own character. And mm-hmm. this person was arguing that like all of those should be like different categories for awards. And I was like, nah, we've got enough awards. I agree. But this was a great recreation. And I also think that the fact that she seems wooden and when she's in business mode, but then she doesn't seem wooden in her scenes with her husband. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Creepily played by her brother from Telly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they're pals. I hope so. I also, this movie is chock a block wall to wall comedians. It, and and yep. also, every woman who's ever been on television plays a, like, oh, does one scene as some random Fox News person. It's, yep. it's, it's like Lincoln, but for white women. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said LinkedIn. <laughs> and I was like, they use IMDb, Robin. <laughs> I will say that, like, one of my overall notes for it, like, concerning the fact that there are a ton of uh, recognizable comedians, is I did feel like the the movie sometimes had, like, a weird tone in terms of, like, what people were saying. And it sounded a little bit like a liberal writing what they think a conservative would say. Yeah. Especially Margot Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. And there was... I'm an influencer in the Jesus space. Right. Yeah. And like, especially at the end where Roger Ailes, you know, loses his job and he sort of, like, does this, like protesting thing of like but they but they got stuff but they like moved ahead like it worked it worked for me it worked for them and i was a bit like that's a little naive like and like maybe that's what he had to like convince himself of right but it just felt like a little too pathetic 
and not uh, including like any like of like the abuse element of it. And it was just sort of like, but but they got careers and I got what I wanted. Ugh. And again, it just felt like a little bit um, like it was shying away from some of the like actual ugliness of what happened. So and it's sort of shying away. That's such a good phrase for this movie. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry to cut you off. Keep no, going. no, go ahead. Just the main my main problem with this movie is that. They don't interrogate at all that Megan Kelly's a terrible person and a racist. Mm-hmm. And they put in the part where she's like, kids, Santa's white. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they don't, it's not like they completely erase it, but they don't wrestle with it in any way. Yeah. It's true. And, like, part of me thought that I was like, maybe this is an important movie to make because people who agree with that perspective will see this and maybe be like, oh, you know, like, They'd be more receptive to that than watching something about, like, a, happening to a super liberal woman. Right. But at the same time, like, because the tone feels like it's written by liberals making fun of conservative, Or not yeah. making fun of, but sort of, like, isn't it patently obvious that everything they say is dumb? I yeah. was like, I don't know how appealing that's going to be. And they also fail to interrogate how the perspectives that those people believe create the environment in which these things can happen. And not right. that it doesn't happen in liberal spaces as well, but more Probably just like, to. yeah, exactly. But it's just sort of like, yes, but like, it just, it's not interested in, in going into that. I right. feel like Kate McKinnon's character was, did a good job of explaining kind of the mechanics behind that. But they didn't, yeah, you're right, they didn't, like, show the progression of it. She was just like, this is how, this is the setup for what creates that environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't actually go into the development of it. I will say, though, uh, as a non-American travel who came to America and has sort of seen things like this filtered through whatever transatlantic media translation goes on, I remember when I first had discussion like this with conservative Americans that uh, I thought was going to be more complicated than I had seen in the media and then I'd have an actual conversation with a real person and I end up being like oh that's it that that's as deep as your thought on this subject goes let me de-British that are you yep. saying that Americans are just as stupid as you ever thought they were <laughs> essentially yes <laughs> you're gonna be your first <laughs> that's essentially what it comes down to it's like oh your argument opposing recreational marijuana is you just think drugs are wrong Yes. <laughs> that's as far as it, that's it. That's as far as it goes. Uh, so I've had like, like so when you say that, like this doesn't deep go into like it sounds like a liberal writing a conservative yeah. person. I'm like I think they actually are that shallow in their reservations. I will say like a thing that I liked that the movie did, and in some ways like it maybe was like a, a lighter hand, but I liked that they didn't focus just on like the moments of assault or abuse. But the the way that they showed the office where people were like watching things happen mm-hmm. and, and it's all subtext, um, like the scene where Margot Robbie is going to Roger Ailes' office and you see like sort of her cubicle mates like sort of clock that she's leaving at a specific time yeah. and the way that it's sort of like, ah, like we don't talk about this, but like the the sort of pervasiveness of it that the 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 ramifications of the assault like leak out past the two people that it influences and it influences everyone in the building and I think that a lot of sexual assault on film is often the like here's the traumatic moment where he makes her spin around naked which they do include but I I thought that the the way that they showed how it like affected other people and even like Kate McKinnon's character in particular someone who like arguably doesn't buy into like the Fox News worldview but at the same time when presented with someone like asking for her help is like no leave me out right. of it if and any- like has a failing there right if anybody is listening to this who hasn't seen the film uh kate mckinnon plays a lesbian who works at fox news she has sex with Mar- margot robbie and margot robbie is like 
you have a Hillary poster on your wall. And she says, that's who I'd like to be president. <laughs> that was very and funny. Then, that was very funny. And then she later gives a speech. Like Regina said, she, when Margot Robbie's like, I just got sexually harassed. She's like, don't talk to me about it. And then later on, she kind of acknowledges like, I work at Fox News because no one else would take me. And right? now that I've worked here, right. no one will hire me again. Correct. And so she is definitely the most sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for me, I found all of the women who worked at Fox, or all of the main characters who work at Fox News, sympathetic to a certain extent. Yeah. Like, I'd kind of rank it like Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, and then Charlize. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I know the most about Megyn Kelly. Yeah. Right? Yeah, who's um, done some terrible things. Right. So I'm, I'm sure Gretchen Carlson did things that I just don't know about. The things they no show idea. her doing in the film, like going on camera without makeup and, mm-hmm. like, trying to do, like, empowering stuff on, yeah. cam- like, in her Fox News show, definitely, like, they are setting her up to be the person who's like, this is the good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the, the first thing you see of her is a uh, a super cut of moments of her being on, I think, like, Fox and Friends, mm-hmm. where her co-worker is, like, harassing her on camera in front of everyone. Right. And her, like, Nicole Kidman's, like, fine-tuned reaction shots in those moments of She's- just sort of, like... I'm on TV and I'm quietly taking this and I do not care for it. Yeah, she's uh, very good in this. She's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But that chin, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. Like the to, like talking about the transformations. Yeah, like, all the media about talking about the transformations. It's all focused on Charlize because I think she's the closest. Right. Like, the most accurate and transformation. She also looks very different. Exactly. Right. She looks different to herself, but she's also a closer facsimile to Megan Kelly agree. to begin with. So it's probably an easier transformation. Uh, Nicole Kidman just looks like Nicole Kidman with extra pieces added to her face. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, I mean, she still looks good, but it's that she doesn't look anything like Gretchen. She Carlson. does not look like Gretchen Carlson. Yeah. So I feel like they probably just should have forgone the chin and just let her be Nicole Kidman. Yeah. 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 That's and, so weird. Yeah. John Lithgow as Roger Ailes just looks like yeah. John Lithgow with a fat suit. Like it's so it's the same makeup crew that did Darkest Hour. Yes. And, and it's the same exa- problem. It's yeah. like oh yeah okay that's Gary Oldman's face with jowls. Yes. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. He just looks like uh, Winston Churchill with a Gary Oldman right. face on it. Right. I will say, like, on on paper, I'm like, John Lithgow seems like a great choice because he is often able to do the, like, conjoling fun guy, but he has, like, a sinister element to his performances. He, does. he often oh, yeah. plays villains. But I just was sort of underwhelmed with that performance. Me too. I gotta be honest. Yeah. And, like, and I I really question the, the scene in which he has Margot Robbie, like, lift up her skirt until he sees her underwear and then, like, looks at her butt where it just felt a little bit like the camera was also showing us those things in a yeah. way that I was like, ah. And and sometimes I just think that the movie took, like, the so painfully obvious route that I was a bit like, okay. Like, there's a scene, and I, I like, lost my shit towards the end, where the, the Murdoch boys are figuring out that uh, this lawsuit is coming. Yeah. And he literally, for no reason, is setting up dominoes on his kitchen counter <laughs> and then knocks them over. <laughs> Like, what yeah. the fuck, man? No, you know what he's never doing? Setting up dominoes. That's like, what those rich metaf- people do. Yeah. <laughs> They're what? Like, Ooh, metaphors. Like, yeah. No, I mean, it's like movie, a, it's a tea kettle going on. I mean, on. this movie <laughs> is directed by the same person who directed all the Austin Powers movies. Okay, but so he. Subtlety's not really a thing. So he also directed Game Change and Recount, which were two HBO movies about real life politics okay. that famously featured. 
you know, celebrities trying to mimic, you know, we've got uh, Julianne Moore looking like Sarah Palin. Yeah. Oh, right? gotcha. I mean, Austin Powers, like Mike Myers plays a bunch of different characters that's in true. Austin Powers. So maybe if that bastard showed up. <laughs> huh. I but mean, uh, those movies, I loved both of those movies. Okay. Um, yeah. They don't necessarily hold up. And the thing, yeah. the thing, when I recently mm. rewatched them, the thing that didn't hold up is that I felt like they were a little sexist. Mm. And so I was relieved that this movie wasn't very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, obviously, it has little threads in there. I thought the scene where Margot Robbie has to show her panties was effective. Like, I, I've read other people have exactly your take, Regina. Like, I think you're probably in the majority of people thinking that the male gaze infected it's, that scene it's and more, undercut the message. It's just, it's not even that undercut it, but it's just, it's complicated. Like, it's yeah. one of those, like, well, it, then it feels complicit by participating in it, but also, like, right. that is an element of sexual harassment that these things, like, you know, permeate uh, our entertainment and right. every level. I don't know. And, like, I don't know what I would have maybe done differently. I feel like if they had spent as much time paying attention to the, what happened, like, how she felt afterwards, or, like, I think in some ways because she couldn't talk to anyone about it, like, it was so internal, but then it also then is sort of separate from our experience of the movie. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I think Margot Robbie's performance is also very good. The scene where she tells Kate McKinnon on the phone that she eventually gave in and gave Roger Ailes a blowjob. Which, thank God, that scene was not in the film. Right. But like, but the scene where she talks about it, yeah, is the best acting I've seen in her career. Yeah, she's fantastic. She, yeah, I think I think all of them did very good. The thing that I didn't realize before I went in is they do not act together. Like that's very true. Like there's yeah. the scene in the elevator that was in the teaser trailer and that, in and which they don't speak to each other. Correct. <laughs> and then uh, there's a moment where. Uh, at the very end, uh, Gretchen Carlson's outside of a window where Megan Kelly is inside, and they sort of like lock eyes and like we did that. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, but I will say, in terms of segments, uh, Charlie's zenith for me, yeah, is when Charlie's comes to Margot Robbie's cubicle and is sort of like, "Did Roger Ailes uh, harass you?" Yeah, the way like the the play between the both of them in that scene, I thought was so excellent, and I thought that was like. There was so much going on for Charlize in that moment that I thought right. was really good. However, my quibble is I'm kind of like, literally the scene before that is Megan Kelly on a rooftop building talking to another woman on a rooftop <laughs> building so that no one could know that this is happening. And she's like, I'm just going to walk into this open air cubicle farm <laughs> and be like, is harassment going on when she's trying to be like outside of it and right. neutral? But beside the setting being fucking stupid, uh, that scene was very excellent. Um, yeah, so I think that was... That that seems also one of my Charlie Zeniths because um, I think you're uh, only allowed one. <laughs> I have at least two, um, but uh, this one the that the moment where she ends that scene when uh, Margot Robbie asks her, yeah, uh, and she walks away going, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Because uh, I think what well, <laughs> I, thought I was, really like when she swears. I th- I thought it was very funny, but I also thought it did a great job of ex- uh, demonstrating how Megan Kelly's kind of awful. Yeah. So it's like, uh, even though she is asking the exact same question of this woman, when she then also tries to make sense situations, like she just has no time for it. She has yeah. no sympathy for her whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's, it, I thought it was very funny, but I also that was a very good depiction of that character i mean it's I such it's... a real thing it's yeah. such a real thing where women who have endured harassment or endured sexist situations then see younger women object and 
are like, well, I dealt with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? Yeah, and I think that that expands beyond sexual harassment of, like, you know, military hazing. Like, it's, it's, you know... uh, uh, all sorts of stuff where it's like, Capitalism. Well, I, I toughed it out, yeah. you should have to as well. Right. Um, yeah, my other Charlie Zenith was the exact opposite of that when uh, her husband surprised her with her kids. Because it's the only time that she, she cracked a human. smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she seems like a real person, she smiles. Right. And seems actually happy. My Charlie Zenith was when she, at the, the like, end of the film, I was going to say climax, but that is absolutely not what it is <laughs> because of the structural problems where she's at the the Republican convention, she's got her earpiece in yeah. and Rob Delaney says, don't react. Ailes is out. Yeah. The Charlie's like the non-reaction her, reaction. The fact that yeah. she can control her face and do that kind of face acting when she's under all of like when she's got fake cheekbones glued onto her right. and her eyelids like taped up. Yeah. And yep. her neck taped and all the nonsense that they did to make her look like Megan Kelly is stunning. Yep. Just excellent. A thing that I liked about his character was when when Megyn Kelly initially hears that this lawsuit is coming, she's not going to come forward. And her staff sort of bring to her attention, they're very much like, if you come forward, you'll have other job opportunities. And we know that you're talking to other networks, but like, what's going to happen to us? Mm -hmm. And I think the, the slight showing again of how the ramifications of these events don't just affect the two parties involved and that people with less access to power are less likely to survive the the blowback of exposure. Um, I was like, they didn't really go into it. And I felt like the, her two lady assistants were very interesting. And I was like, I wish we'd had more time with them. Yeah. In some ways, I felt like this movie was like, oh, this would have been a great miniseries. Yeah. Um, and it felt in some ways like a spin-off or like an advertisement for Succession, which I haven't seen. Neither but like <laughs> the Murdochs appear as these like big characters that they don't explain, but it just feels like it feels like a crossover episode to me. <laughs> Those Murdoch boys are hot. <laughs> it, the, the Devastatingly re- hot. The actors or the actual no. ones? Oh my god, I have no idea what the actual ones okay. look like. And they're too evil to be devastatingly hot. Uh the actors. Gotcha. And I looked them both up and they're like in Australian television. Sure. I think. Or at yeah. least the one who... There's one in particular who's really hot. The, yeah. They didn't sound Australian. Maybe I'm thinking of British television and they were trying to sound Australian and they didn't. Oh, okay. That, yeah. Because I know uh, uh, Malcolm McDowell is Rupert Murdoch and he does a great impression of him and he looks kind of like him. He, he, his scene where he's like, somebody bring me something to stand on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they put some paper boxes yeah. underneath him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he's ruined the world, but that was fun. Yes. Yeah. Well, Malcolm McDowell didn't ruin it. No, no. Despite trying to in several films. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another thing I did want to mention, uh, since we're talking about the Murdochs, and that reminds me of the stupid Domino's bit. Um, I could have done without about six of the meaningful looks from mother to daughter. Like, I'm doing this for the next generation. With Gretchen Carlson. And with Megyn Kelly. She was like, I don't know if I should do this rear view mirror, there's my daughter. Oh, yeah. It felt like the version of, like, men's feminism of, like, I'm a father of daughter. Right. And I was like, I get it. I, I like, do. include it once, but they right. did it every time a daughter was on screen. It was like, zooming in on the mother's eyes. But I think it is an important counter to the thing that they feel about the 20-year-olds at yes. Fox News saying, I don't want to be harassed. And they're like, fuck you, I was harassed. And then it's like, oh, wait, I don't want this nine-year-old to grow up and be harassed. Yeah. Yeah. I did like one of the sequences they had where they were, uh, when they were showing that, like, many of the women were, like, on Team Roger. Yeah. And, like, the divide in the office of, like, whose side are you going to be on? And the woman on the phone saying, like, I'm allowed to wear pants. I'm allowed to wear pants. And then they sh- they cut to, like, the women's 
dressing room and it's all dresses and it's high heels and there's just like a little inclusion of like a bloody ankle and I felt like I felt about that the way that I think a lot of people felt about the hair tie and birds of prey which I haven't seen yet but I was just sort the of most like important thing that's happened in film in uh, <laughs> years but I'm just like but I feel like every woman I know who has ever worn shoes knows about how your ankles bleed uh and you have to wear band-aids sometimes and I just think that's not a dude's experience and it was like a it tiny thing can confirm <laughs> I loved Alana Ubach. I think that's how you pronounce her last name as Judge Janine. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, she's like the, the most aggressively pro Roger Ailes She likes like, I grabbed your granola bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's just, I love that actress. Anytime yeah. she pops into something, I'm like, hooray, she's here. <laughs> um, I kind of. Like I, recently, like season four of Veronica Mars. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do anything to her face. She's just a sort of dark featured attractive woman. Yeah. Um, which is what Janine Puro is. Yeah. So it's like, I wish they'd done more of their casting like that because they seem to have done a whole bunch of things where it's like, oh, we've just made your face slightly weird looking. Like the guy No, I'm pretty does... sure that's just her face. No, no, her yeah. face looked fine. Yeah. I don't think they did anything to her face, but like the guy who's supposed to be playing Bill O'Reilly, I'm like... Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That part was weird. That was yeah. completely unnecessary. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely unnecessary. That also felt like then like later they had a like a reaction shot or like there were like two other dudes where they were like talking about something that happened that was just a way to be like hey look we've made these people look like other Fox News right people. yeah and but I then like, I don't need this Richard Kind comes in as Rudy Giuliani and they just leave him I think as Richard Kind and yeah. it was like you're Richard Kind and we know what Rudy looks like unfortunately yeah I, I did want to say, like, just the Giuliani thing reminded me. So they do include Roger Ailes' wife. And I thought the oh, way... Oh, she was great. I thought the way they handled her character presentation and experience, like, it was tertiary in some ways, but I thought it was really well done. Like, mm-hmm. the opening shot of her is in her own newsroom, humiliating her own staff mm-hmm. and being, like, a fucking powerhouse. So you can see that in her sphere, she has all this authority. And then the moment she's with Roger, it's very much a, like she's oblivious to what he's like or she doesn't know any of the things that are happening she's like 100% on his side and then the classic movie thing of like she's in the room where lovely Allison Janney always has oh, also giving fantastic. herself notes oh yeah <laughs> gosh she was great yeah. uh, but basically she's like they have tapes of everything like it's true and like you just see the quiet devastation on her face and like the need to sort of like how quickly she's going to have to lock that away to continue to live the right. way she lives I thought yeah. that performance was really believe that she hadn't thought that before. Oh, yeah, that she yeah. was like, he's being railroaded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You sweet summer child. But also, Connie Britton, I thought her, I agree, her introduction scene was really powerful, really fantastic, but also had the best line in the movie, which is, sushi isn't liberal food. <laughs> <laughs> because her employee is so terrified to be eating sushi in front of her. She has to qualify. Sushi's- but she doesn't eat it because we all know it is. <laughs> yeah, it definitely We claim is. it. It's ours. Yeah, it's ours. <laughs> I mean, it's Japan's. <laughs> <laughs> Very liberal country. <laughs> is it? I have no idea. It, it is not. Okay. <laughs> oh, another random note before we go to other things. You know what I don't need to see on screen anymore? I've said it before. I'll say it again. Stop showing people puking on screen. I fucking get it. <laughs> Thank you. I don't see people shit on screen. Why have we decided that people puking on screen is necessary? I get it. When I saw <laughs> Waves, I literally had to leave the theater because I was concerned I was going to sympathy vomit. Oh my god. Yeah, there's so much vomit in the movie Waves, it's absurd. (laughs) 
And, like, I get that it was interesting to show that she was so sick and that she went on TV anyway yeah. and managed it. I didn't need to hear her retching in a right. toilet to get that. Right. Like, we all, like, there's shorthand for these kinds of things. Right. There, there are lots of, like, accepted film shorthand that we know means something else and we don't have to see it. And I'm just like, oh, stop puking everywhere, everybody, please. <laughs> Moratorium on visual metaphors like setting up dominoes and knocking them over, mm-hmm. <laughs> tea kettles going off during tense scenes, mm-hmm. and puking. Where's the Disney vault when you really need it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Everything's out of the vault on Disney Plus. Oh, no. <laughs> so, who would Keanu play? Ooh, I thought about this a lot, and I don't think there's a good answer, so I hope one of you found it. Uh, I think the most obvious answer is he should replace her husband. That's also what I thought, but that feels like something that I always default to, is like, just yeah. make them kiss. <laughs> um, I feel like I've got two answers. One, Rob Delaney. Yeah. I'm like, I like Rob Delaney. Me too. I do. Yeah. And I also think that the problem, like, no offense to Rob Delaney, he's a handsome man, but Keanu would be too handsome to be someone second in command in that respect. Mm-hmm. Like, he would be on TV on Fox News. So my actual Keanu replacement is he should be Margot Robbie's date waiting inside for her, just like quietly in the background. Okay. Oh, yeah. That I, poor schmuck. I, I like him <laughs> as um, as Megyn Kelly's husband because I want Keanu to be annoyed that she didn't confront Trump enough. Because mm. that was the thing. He was like, you just basically gave him an oops. Like, what the fuck is that? Right. Mm, that's uh, true. That was a good scene. Yeah, I did like that a lot. And I think Keanu would be even more sympathetic being like, come on, man. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good call. Yeah. I just felt lazy in saying that it should be her husband because yeah. I just want to see them kiss and snuggle in bed. <laughs> I want to see him make her happy by bringing her kids along. Yeah. Yeah. What I do. I just want him <laughs> quietly behind a rain-soaked window. <laughs> As a beard. <laughs> uh, would this movie be improved by a prison riot? Yes. Uh, I was hoping that there would be a fantasy office riot. Yes! Like, everyone's like, fucking trash the place! Yes, yes. And then it would be a, like, record scratch. None of that really happened. So metaphorical prison riot. Yes, exactly. I'll accept that. An actual prison riot, I I would say no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Like, maybe as a way to... uh, Bob's answer is the best. But (laughs) maybe as another approach to actually spending some time with Fox News being a racist organization. Mm. They could, mm-hmm. uh, what if there was a prison riot in the news and then they racistly talk about it? Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 that's freaking yeah, yeah, there was that element of sort of like, they talked about in terms of like people who have access to power, but it was also like, yeah, people also cared about this because they were beautiful, powerful white women mm-hmm. and we care a lot about what happens to them sometimes <laughs> under certain special <laughs> right? circumstances. But obviously it's not grappling with any of the other right. things. They could have also spent more time with... The one not white victim who appears in the film, who oh yeah, because they have the 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 array of victims mm-hmm. saying what happened, like reading I assume from depositions, right? Oh, this the, I would say like this is another moment where again I'm like Shirley's is so fucking good is when mm-hmm. Megan Kelly finally decides to like come forward with her story. Because she is a lawyer, and I think, like, they do show, like, she's not stupid. Right. But she looks and she's like, I'm witness W. Does that mean, like, that many number of people have come forward? Right. And she, like, puts it together, and I think you see in her face in a moment of being, like, that she didn't know that it had happened to that many people, but also, like, maybe I didn't need to do this because so many other people did, and did I just blow up my career for nothing? Complicated yeah. feelings. So, yeah, I, again, like, I, that's a moment where I would argue, like, that wasn't a wooden performance. Like, there's a lot of subtext going on. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the only other note I had was that John Lithgow as Roger Ailes was equally as gross as Andy Serkis as Roger Ailes' facsimile in Longshot. I agree. Um, except mm. just less cartoony and more sinister. Yeah. But basically the same 
character. Yeah. Very strange that she had to interact with those characters twice in one year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's touched us all. I do want to say, I remember when this film was first announced, we all texted like, oh, each other God. in our group thread yeah. of like, no! <laughs> yeah. And I ended up really liking it. Yeah, I would say like, I, well, I think it has like shortcomings. Um, oh, absolutely. And a friend of ours and friend of the podcast, Alex O'Brien also mentioned, she was like, is this like, why are we telling this story now? Like why mm-hmm. like these particular women because of, you know, how awful they could be? And I think, like, that is a valid point. And, like, I'm curious, like, how well it will age. But, like, I thought it was, like, the pacing of it, particularly the beginning. It was, like, a really engaging movie. I was like, you were so engrossed. In Absolutely. Like, I think it fumbled the ending a bit. But yeah. it's a common problem with based on true stories. Yeah. Is that real life yeah. doesn't have tidy yeah. endings. Yeah, there's no crescendo. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that's, you're just waiting for the title cards to show up to me. Right. And then this happened, but we chose not to film it. Yeah. Right. Speaking of title cards, I really weirdly loved the end credits of this movie with like the weird animation yeah they had i think you went to the bathroom but there was a, a sort of catch me if you can style yes. animation in yeah and credits i love the music stylish. in the trailer yeah i was gonna do it but i don't remember it yeah. it was a sort of bopping back and forth it's been a while yeah. yeah um yeah i was surprised because a oh like, it was bad guy by Billie eilish oh yeah which go. just swept the grammys oh well yeah deservedly um, so i'm so old yeah, I was I was really reluctant about having to watch a movie about Megyn Kelly, but I I thought it was pretty good. And I I would also recommend like the Charlie's There an interview with Terry Gross, like such a good episode. <laughs> it's very good. And one of the things like beyond what you had mentioned that I thought was like really because uh, Terry Gross is you know the best, best. interviewer of all time, correct? Well, but maybe she, Barbara Walters. But anyway. she goes into she's like you know like you have a uh, very like you know publicly like different views from. Uh, this character that you're portraying, like, how do you handle that? And Charlize Theron also goes into, like, a time in her professional life when she was sexually harassed. And, uh, like, her telling of that story was so interesting. And the way that she also was like, I have said his name in the past, but, like, people chose not to publish it. That was such a great fuck you to everyone. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because she doesn't say his name in this interview. And Terry Gross is like, you know, like, is there a reason that you're not? She's like, oh, I've said it. And people chose for me not to make that public. And I've chosen now not to say it because... I want to promote this movie and not make it about like this other story. She's like, but I will in like, once this is like, she was, I don't know. It was Uma Thurman vibe there. It was, it Mm. was a very good interview. And I thought that she had compelling arguments as to like why she was portraying this awful person. Mm. I do think that they, like, like I said before, I think they shied away from a more in-depth character analysis and went more with a like, isn't it wild that this happened at the last place that you would expect it to happen at? Yeah, that's true. I think that this is one of those movies that's almost frustrating, like, it brushes greatness. You know what I mean? Like, if they had just done a few things differently, I think this could have been, like, a really, like, knockout movie. Yeah. And instead, it's, wow, that was really enjoyable and interesting, and I have a lot to say about it, but it's fundamentally flawed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's rank a bitch. Let's. See, and now, looking at my rankings, I'm like, why on earth is Atomic Blonde below... Kubo in the Two Strings, which is immediately what I thought of because I'm like, movie that I love that has fundamental problems. <laughs> yeah. I guess I had only watched Atomic Blood one time when I gave it that rating, and then yeah, it was on HBO and I watched it like once a month for a year. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've only seen it once. And we, we also did a podcast five minutes after watching That's the true. Movie, so. Yes. Well, I've since rewatched Atomic Blood is extremely rewatchable, which mm. I think Regina talks about a good bit in her rankings. Mm. I'm going to put this 
one below devil's advocate and one above i'm sorry bob that thing you do above that thing you do yeah oh interesting my goodness ours are coming in almost exactly like very close in ranking i'm gonna put mine above oh shit this is insane (laughs) i was about to put it below huntsman winter's war which i still can't believe is in my top 10 a movie that i probably will none of us can believe it either (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll put bombshell above huntsman winter's war thank goodness it out of the top 10 r.i.p would bombshell be improved by monkeys on fire (laughs) (laughs) that's megan kelly really needed some oil tentacles I honestly am like, what are you referencing? I don't remember anything about that movie except for the one woman's terrible accent. Oh, oh God. God. Jessica Chastain. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, and below Fate of the Furious. Ah, interesting. Oh, we've got another one coming up. We yeah. do. Thank goodness. I was going to say, what is Charlize in it? Like, because she had a busy 2019. Yeah, F9's coming up. Yeah, F9. 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 You're going to recalculate all your Excel sheets. What? I was just, is that what F9 does? <laughs> I literally was just about to ask that. <laughs> uh, uh, my ranking is uh, one above Longshot and one below Fate of the Furious. Interesting. I so, also. Because Fate be... of the Furious is more politically relevant than both. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Mine must just also be wildly out of date because I don't see Longshot on here at all. I was just gonna, I, they're so out of date. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll fix them after this because, uh, like, I'm like, I'm one less than Bob has and you're two less than Bob has. We just need to listen to the end of the last several episodes. At some point, I'll do that when I'm bored. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm glad that she was nominated. I agree that this. She now has more Oscar nominations than Jonah Hill. Great. Wow. What an um, achievement. Yeah. <laughs> get that i don't think this was the best performance of the year i think it was a oh. good performance of hers but i don't think that i'm not justice like... for lapita nyango oh absolutely <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah 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 i'm also like I'm, I'm basically saying like i'm glad she was nominated i'm not sad that she didn't win this one Correct. like this will not be like when bill mary lost a thing that i carry with me oh I, i'll never get over it never i'll die mad <laughs> yeah um, i watched an episode of jimmy kimmel live because i knew he was going to say arcade comedy theater the place where i work and she was the guest, which was a delightful surprise. Ooh. And she told a story about how her daughters were annoyed that she wasn't winning anything. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like going to the Critics' Choice Awards. And one of her daughters was like, are you going to win this one? And she was like, probably not. <laughs> and so she, her daughter said, this seems like a waste of time, Mom. <laughs> I like that it was just more that it was a waste of time and not a defensive, like, but our mom's the best. (laughs) That's cute on so many levels. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Okay. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Alex Reed for our amazing theme song. I love it. Still great. Still Still good. After all these years. Uh, Thanks to all you six people who are still sticking around for these two. Yeah. Surprise. We're in your feet again. We still have that one we recorded and never released. Oh, gosh. I should fix that at some point. Wait, which one was that? It's about the Budweiser ad. Oh, shit. (laughs) Please, if you miss my voice, go listen to the number one movie in America, which you can find in all your podcast feeds. Yeah. Because that's that's my my regular podcast now. Mm -hmm. Because Charlize is only putting out a few movies a year. Yeah. Wow. So, cool. All right. Most importantly... Thank you, Charlize. I think we should do that in a Megyn Kelly voice. <laughs> okay. I can't do it. <laughs> Let's try it, though. Just say it, like, real low. Right. right? <clears throat> okay. Sorry. Thank you, Charlize. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. <laughs>
get at all of that. Yes, I'm not talking about some guy's dead kid. <laughs> <laughs> but you should put that in at the end. <laughs> zip, zip, snip, snip, snip. <laughs>